Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a monthly, episodic, tokusatsu-related podcast where we'll fight you if you diskaiju. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. And uh, it's good to be back, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, it's a little hot. Uh, air quality's not great, but mm. um, we're still here. That's good. Yeah, we, we <laughs> persist. We survive. Cracked visor and all. Uh, we survive. Mm. So this week, we're taking a short break from our usual Ultraman Mabius reviews, uh, and we are going to be doing something a little different. We've got a guest on to watch a little Shinkenger with us. So we're going to be watching the first two episodes of Samurai Sentai Shinkenger, and joining us is friend of the podcast. You know him as the Neo-Humanoid. It's Adam. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. What's up? Welcome. Besides us doing welcome, this welcome. right now. Yeah, podcasting oh, right now. What are you up to? Oh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, podcasting, <laughs> never heard of that before. Oh, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show to be with us. Yeah, thank for thank you for inviting me. Honestly, absolutely, absolutely. So, since you are a, a new friend of the pod, we figured we'd do the usual thing and just kind of ask, how did you get into this this spandex fighting monster stuff? What's what's your origin story here? It's pretty simple. Like a lot of uh, a lot of kids back during the '90s, I was inundated with just a bunch of like Power Rangers stuff. You know, Big Bad Beetleborgs. Mm-hmm. I even remember watching a little bit of Mass Rider, but changed yeah. the channel. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so you've we, seen some things. I've seen You're some scarred shit, veteran. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's my one S word I'm going to use for a little bit. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> that said. I do definitely remember before I consciously start remembering things. I've definitely seen Ultraman and like. TNT or something like that, like those old dubs mm. they did of like that in Ultra 7 that I know for a fact, at some point, aired here in America. Don't ask me how mm. I how I must have found them, but I did as a little kid. And then, you know, uh, that's just something I've always been interested in up until I was a teenager. But then when I was a teenager, I went through a certain period in time where I was looking for different kinds of things. And so I stumbled upon the fact that Common Rider, this thing I va- vaguely remembered from as a kid, like, what was that show? Masked Rider? Okay. Uh, I looked it up, found out about the entire legacy of Common Rider that went with Super Sentai and Ultraman and everything else, and that led mm-hmm. me to find Common uh, Rider Ryuki subbed in everything, and from there, I watched the whole show in, like, the span of two weeks. It emotionally crushed <laughs> me, and then I was pretty much here for the long haul afterwards. <laughs> Ryuki's a Ryuki's kind of a hard one for a first one, isn't it? I was maybe fifteen at the time, and oh, oh my god, yeah, that uh, <laughs> oh boy, there was uh some really poignant stuff in there that that just made me think if even one show, literally one show like this, can be like this, that means this is a worthwhile endeavor of a genre to stay in, and you know, no diss necessarily hmm. to like Power Rangers in general, but it that super sentai and all that the more i got into the more i realized this there is like a step up when you kind of just start watching these things in their original language as they're supposed to be presented mm-hmm. in the first place that's how, that's how mm-hmm. i feel at right. least mm-hmm. no absolutely 
Even as someone yeah. who is a bit of a PR defender for the most, like, I think it, some of the flack it gets is maybe some holdover stuff from MMPR, right? Like, MMPR is the entire franchise to some people. Yeah. Uh, it certainly does not, it, 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 it can't compare. It can't hold a candle. It's always going to be some sort of altered form. And even trying at its best, it you're right. It doesn't quite hit the same depths. It doesn't hit the same highs. It just, it's something different. And I genuinely <laughs> think it's probably just like, not just the cultural values that are different between the two our two countries here, but also just like how we view children's entertainment a lot of the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, yeah, that's just that's just how it is. The it just seems like with the with just how uh, prolific anime is and how and all the different ways it's able to express children's entertainment over there, it makes it so that even their live action stuff in Japan sometimes uh, more regularly it feels like kind of has that special vibe to it that we only get every now and then over here in the west it feels like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we don't always get uh things like avatar and steven universe and whatnot but uh sometimes oh, we do right. yeah it just seems like right. it's not nearly as often and the i mean obviously there's a lot of jokey joke stuff and silly stuff and fun that's going on in these shows but it never emotionally there's not a lot of pulling of punches like if there's an emotional scene even though it's even though a show like these shows are theoretically or at least on paper it's about selling plastic singing belts to six year olds, yeah. they will lean all the way in on an emotional scene. They and, will and, sell an and thirty year old men. That's and, that's what we call the collector's market. Uh-huh. The packaging says ages eight and up or eight to eleven. That's just a suggestion. Don't worry about really. it. Really, that's listen. The uh, <laughs> they have to put that on there. The deluxe the deluxe CSM uh, Comrade Fies belt says oh. otherwise, my guy. <laughs> oh. How much is this? Three hundred dollars. Oh, <laughs> oh is this an actual attaché case? Well, All right, okay. Mm. Mm. If any friends of the show want to want to buy three of those and send them our way, our address. Yeah, I, I will wear that wherever I go. <laughs> Don't in public. Do not Don't worry about it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> trying to pass so it off like a normal belt. Yeah, yeah. Am I, am I, <laughs> to keep my pants up. Well, what's that? Oh, you know, I'm a repairman. Don't worry about it. It's my utility belt. It's <laughs> a really old cell phone, isn't it? <laughs> uh, to the untrained eye, perhaps. Does your cell phone oh, talk back to okay, you? It so, does. Oh. So so Ryuki was your first and left you uh, very much Yamcha in crater.jpg. Yeah. What uh what, what <laughs> are you do you have strong opinions on the uh, you know, do you do you in terms of like which do you prefer, Common Rider or Sentai or Ultraman? Do you do a little bit of everything? Oh, you know, yeah. What's what's your what's your feel? What's your vibe? Um, I actually like to- Tokusatsu as like a, just a general like genre. I guess if I had like a literal genre of like live action fiction that I kind of prefer to- is like stuff like Tokusatsu, and it even like shows in like my preferences for American media, like you know those. You know, as I know, uh, cheesy and how uh, people kind of get out, get down on them every now and then. Like even those CW shows with how uh, insanely dramatic mm-hmm. they are, but there's like an earnestness to a lot of them that reminds me of like Tokusatsu mm-hmm. that you don't mm-hmm. get in much other things. As for like the literal like franchises between them, no, I kind of just do whatever. I even watch like you know the Tomoka shows, which have their own like unique flavor that you mm-hmm. can't get anywhere but but in those. Every single one right, has a right. reason why you should watch it, I think. And I feel like it it's not like I'm saying you can't be a Toku fan if you don't watch everything cuz that's absolutely not true. If you've watched and enjoyed sure. Toku at all, uh no matter who you are, 
you are a Toku fan, and no one can take that from you. And no one can take your your enjoyment of it or your opinions, even if it's one of the bad seasons. Ooh, whatever that means. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> but uh, I, I genuinely think everyone should like try and dip their toes in a different series. And even if one franchise seems like it's not your thing, especially the long runners like Ultraman and whatnot, because I know some people say it's hard to get into Ultraman, there will be a season that you will watch the first episode and be like, holy crap, I gotta watch the rest of this. Absolutely. Yeah, it's called Ultraman Z. It's yeah. really good. God, Ultraman <laughs> Z is oh so good. Oh. Oh, I'm just like, every week I'm like, oh, it gets better and better. I'm telling you, that that one that I know, um, Koichi Sakamoto is a guy who, you know, he's got a rep, you know what I mean? Like, he does, he does some stuff. Sometimes you just see a shot and you go, I know Sakamoto directed this one. Um, but... That episode of Z he directed, was it seven? I don't know. It was like one of my favorite Toku things. I think ever. it was eight. Just like talking about the, the, the sun sunset in the background. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's eight. Which of course is almost always peak Toku content anyway. Yeah. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. oh, it's so it's so good. Oh, Z is so good. Seth Svenger is such a good boy. And mm. Wyndham is a good boy. And there's all mm. the all these sweet children and oh, it's so good. It's so good. Show but two. I, I'm glad to hear Joe that you, you are <laughs> that you are also pro uh, Toku for the people. No gatekeeping. Yeah, no, that is also it, no gatekeeping. That is the opinion of of this podcast yeah. as well. It is literally oh, yeah. a show meant for Japanese children. So I think we should all just like chill out just a little bit sometimes, you know. Right. Sure. And just sometimes, just be a little more open to like how they do th- how the, sometimes how a show does things. Not everything is going to be made literally for me or for you and we just kind of gotta write mm-hmm. in a little bit you know yeah there's definitely points when like a new specifically i guess when like a new writer season's coming out i i kind of i scoop it out and sometimes I, I there was a point i worried i'm like oh is it like am i growing out of this is not what i want it's like no i just wasn't into the season and come back next year yeah and be yeah, something yeah. Else, you know <laughs> like <laughs> or see what else is going on yeah I, I i know i can get hypercritical on like twitter sometimes too but I feel, but I try my dangest to just like, to just like say maybe one thing like, oh, well, I think this is really cool or eh, this wasn't really for me, but you know, it's whatever. Or I think this thing could have been better, but some, but it just always feels like some people take, take these things, not just seriously. Cause I think they should be taken seriously. They're shows that we're meant to digest to a certain way and also buy their toys. But, uh, sometimes right. <laughs> I think they take it almost personally, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I'm reminded of, um, there's a part of, pardon me for referencing, another toyetic thing designed to sell things to children. But there's a part of Gundam Build Fighters where one of the characters is talking about, well, this isn't real war, so who cares? Like, nothing's at stake. And I think it's the, ironically, I think it's like Rambaral or whatever. But somebody says, part of the reason that it is important, part of the reason it matters is because it's not important. Yeah, yeah. It's it's okay to invest and be and like kind of fill that space and have critical discussions and engage with it in a meaningful way, but it, because there is nothing at stake. So like, but also don't forget there's really nothing. Like you don't. This doesn't have to be your life. You can just like step away from it sometimes, or you can just be like, you can have a seventy five tweet thread on why this is the greatest suit design ever and the thematic importance of it. You can also just be like, mm, suit cool. Like we, these are both yeah, totally that's valid. Me. That's all I do. Yeah, anyway. You can like, say yeah. common Rider Kaiser. Like, Kaisa, yeah, like I'm looking at. <laughs> Wait, like, like honestly, like I have like really imp- like I'm writing an article right now on common Rider Kuga and I'm, 
writing on Kuga and I have like really important, you know, we have yeah. a lot to say about Kuga and but then like I haven't seen Ghost, but like I look at Ghost and I'm like, "Whoa, suits with hoodies, that's really cool." The- like it's just like a hype look. I I got nothing else for you. It I just think it looks, it looks super really great. Cool. The aesthetics <laughs> yeah. are mwah, chef's kiss, top top notch, and, and ghost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like not to get hard, not to be like hard on that, but that was one of the seasons that I was yeah. like, hmm, I don't know. I'm like, how do I feel about this? But the suit design, though, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Are wow. you saying like you ghost of that <laughs> season? <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna lay myself face down on the ground now. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mission accomplished. So, what what are some of your like favorite seasons, or like some of some of your favorite moments, maybe in Toku from the stuff you've seen over the years? Kamurado Ryuki will absolutely always be one of my one of my uh, top fives, and I and I don't know if I can ever divorce it from how important it is to me emotionally, just because of when I watched it at the time. Mm. But having watched it again with new subtitles mm. pretty recently, I can still say it definitely holds up. In, in my heart, and, po- and possibly I even understand it more yeah. now that I'm a little older and have gone through some more things. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, a lot of the things in Kamurai Yuki are also uh, very, like, poignant and important to me. Like, a lot of the conflicts in that, and I don't want to, like, give spoilers, but, like, how the ending actually mm. plays out. I know some people like to say that it's like, oh, it kind of invalidates everything, but... I, I think people sometimes get really stuck on literal narrative storytelling, which... Also, is something that Toku doesn't care too much about. Power levels, whatever. Mm. That that doesn't matter to Toku half the time. It's like new form, new new force of will. Screw you. New, uh, the rules are now a little bit newer and stuff like that. And in this case, it, sometimes they're just gonna slap the device out of your hand, and that's just yeah, what pretty much in today's yeah. episode. <laughs> uh, why do you get this new power up? Uh, because a one, it's the new quarter, and we need some new toys, and also it's cool. But, uh, and also it's, cool. but also there is a narrative reason, <laughs> yeah. but mostly it's cool. Calm down. Mm. But like, uh, the entire ending to Ryuki it's means like a lot to me and just like how much it feels to me that like Yasuo Kobayashi and like other people and like a lot of Tokura, it seems like feels like we as humans are connected through our various acts of just kindness from just existing and stuff like that. It seems like we, uh, we all mm. affect each other just by being here. And then there's uh, stuff in, like, uh, hmm. I'm not gonna lie, just, like, the entire series of Ultra 7 is one of my favorites. Despite how, you know, old, how old God, that is. But so that holds up today. I watch that so with my good. dad sometimes, who's 90, who's 90-something. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he recognizes the aesthetics because he lived through that era pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it looks no different from, like, a show from maybe, like... 30 years later, like the 90s or whatnot, the dialogue is sharp, mm-hmm. the cinematography is top-notch, you know, like the sun in the background mm-hmm. fight scenes mm-hmm. and all that, and just talking about the human condition while also having a big dude in a red and silver suit beat down evil monsters every week and whatnot, you know? Mm-hmm. Funny enough, Shinkenger is one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite seasons of, like, Sentai, period. And that's like it's like Time Ranger, Jetman, and like Mega Ranger that are pretty much some of my favorites. Yeah, but Shinkanger is one okay. of the ones that I watched pretty quickly after I got into watching Sub Toku and whatnot. It stayed up there ever since. I haven't rewatched it in its entirety very recently, but uh, a lot of it still sticks out in my mind just because of how good the fight choreography is and like how not just fun everything is, but how it it feels like you're watching a real bunch of people going through these strange circumstances but they 
but you kind of feel like they're very, very familiar people that you might even know or you might be and stuff like that. They feel like they're part of your family almost as you go, as you go through this. It's uh, I it's just it's just all uh very uh very touching stuff if you ask me. I guess uh, saying too much would be saying too much, but it is definitely one of my favorites. Excellent. Now, Pat, have you seen any Shinkenger at all? Yeah. Um. So actually, I want to say around the time that I was getting into, well, sharing it, I think a decade was going on when it was airing. I think we watched maybe like 10 episodes, but oh my God, that was like 2010. So <laughs> okay. and that, now it's 2020, <sighs> which means it's roughly 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's how it so feels. some of the some of the beats are kind of familiar in my head, but not not specific. Mm. So I'm excited to see it again. Like this will be good. This will be a good experience because you you haven't seen any of it, right? I haven't seen any. I've seen like a few minutes of the Power Rangers adaptation, which was Megaforce, right? And Super Megaforce is that which was no uh, for Shikander? No, it was a samurai. No. Oh, samurai, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Samurai. I, yeah, I, although I, I just remember being like, this pains me. This this mm. I saw part of it before i kind of got back into toku and the fandom and stuff like that and oh. i was just like wow <gasps> power rangers has not aged well having not seen like 15 years of the intervening seasons or whatever Ooh. so i was just like this is a little rough <laughs> oh you know what i remember now i did see at least an episode or two of samurai and i remember thinking because i had seen an episode or i had seen at least the episode that they used footage from and i was like oh that's a really interesting way for them to like blend the footage because i think it was something with a green ranger fighting near like a cafe mm-hmm. or like in a plaza and i was like mm-hmm. oh that's like totally not even the same scene but <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty close like you know obviously they have to approximate everything right right yeah, yeah they can only do the best they can um yeah. yeah so i have nothing all i know is that i love the op I'm mm, just saying mm. Chanbara a lot. I just it's a bop. Yeah. I love it. I'm just sure. I'm constantly jamming out to it. Like even thinking about it now, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to listen to the OP again. So uh <laughs> I hope the rest of the show is good too, but I'm definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a that's a perfect segue. Why don't uh why we, we uh jump into it, huh? Roll that beautiful bean footage. Okay. この番組はTanoshiTokyoTrueGroupPRTとTheComicFindとコナンのスポンサーの提供でお送りします。And we're back. Um, so that was episodes one and two of Samurai Sentai Shinkenger. It's in the first two episodes, we're introduced to Shinken Red, who's inherited this from his dad, um, the origami and the title of Shinken Red. And because the, I forget the word, but the, the, the bad guys in this season. the corrupt, Just say corrupt ones, it's the easiest, yeah. Sure, the corrupt ones are coming back. The samurai have to gather and then be, be the opposing force. So in the first episode, we sort of get to see him taking on that title and then his retainer showing up and then them fighting repelling i guess first wave of the corrupt ones and then in the second episode it's sort of they're sort of coming to terms with the fact that they have to call this dude their 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 osama or their lord um and some of them are kind of on the fence about what they're doing or or if this guy's ready to lead them or not 
Um, and then we also got to see their, like a little bit of their, their resolve and the first Gatai, the first Shinken Shinken-ho, yeah. um, Shinken-ho appearance. I think that's sort of, that's sort of it just in terms of what we saw. Did, did I miss anything? Or? Yeah, the uh, general plots in Shinkenger are pretty straightforward. It's more about all, like, I guess you could say, like, all the in-between stuff, as you can kind of see. And, but otherwise, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, that pretty much does cover the whole thing, I think. <laughs> well, so I guess, I guess yeah. I can start, then, in terms of reactions, because I'm, I'm, the, I'm the freshest, I'm the newest to all this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really, really liked what I saw. Oh, yes. You know, it, it, sometimes with these series... You can get a little Mad Libs with the theming, right? It's like, oh, uh, this season is uh, fruit science equipment uh, traveling through time. And you're like, okay, what? But sometimes it's just really, really simple and effective. And this one, it's like, there's Samurai. And that's kind of all of it. I mean, that's not the entirety of the theming, but it's really simple and straightforward. We got a really strong cast, really just wonderful suits. Some great action sequences, like really well choreographed and very much in the the Chanbara feel. The, you know, the, the swordplay films. Really great main suit that we get to see. Some incredible monster designs. Like, it's just a very strong core that's very understandable in that sense, I think. It's, you don't have to get into, oh, these are, you know, magic trains run by imagination that are carrying children through their... You know, it's, it's nothing like... It's just they're samurai in modern day, and they're fighting monsters... And it looks really cool. Yeah. The and, end. Oh, and then the monsters, <laughs> right? They're they're trying to like, what is it? They're trying to fill up the Sanzu River with tears so that they can take over the world. Like that's very straightforward. Or come right. and invade. We're trying to cause anguish. Like yeah, sure. Mm. Great. There's many cool. ways you can do that. So yeah, really, really, really good. Uh, I'm I'm very very positive on what we just saw. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the actual opening two episodes of a uh, Shinkanger are some of the two like strongest in like modern day sentai i would say like uh there's plenty of other really strong like like first episodes i think but i think shinkanger actually like really uses this kind of like you know two episode arc sort of feel to like its fullest effect because by the end of the second episode not only do you know quite a bit about the emotional state of of our red and like the general plot that's going on but also just uh everyone else in the cast like by the like, I feel like by the end of episode two, you pretty much know who these people are enough that you know if you want to continue following their adventures, and there's no real mystery about it or anything like that. There's no, uh, hmm. there's not a lot of ambiguity to these people and who they are on the surface at the very least. They have very strong, straightforward personalities, and you know essentially where they, where they fall pretty quickly. And then also it sets its tone, like, right out of the starting gate. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All all the characters are really, really strong, and uh, you, you're you're right. There's no like, oh, we'll give it five or six episodes for to get a feel for X character. Like you pretty yeah. much know who they are immediately, and and a good and a fun cast too, with a lot of already kind of built in, I guess, friction in terms of playing off the you know the primary concept of having a lord in modern day, <laughs> right? Like mm, that's mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really matter where you're at. Having you know serving under a noble is sort of a, an an idea that uh, people are going to probably run up against as as different uh, in in the modern era. So pretty much the whole thing is we have to serve red. What do you mean? Or oh, we should serve red or all that kind of stuff like that. Mm. And I, I I guess that also plays really well on the trope of 
well, red is usually the focus anyway, right? Like, make that a key piece of the conflict for a number of the characters, or make that the sort of the the defining, like, how do they react to having to serve a lord who's the leader of the team? Like, quite literally, not yeah. just, oh, in spirit, he's the leader. Like, he's literally their lord, and they have to serve, so how do they react to that? How do they feel about that? I think that's an interesting hook. Yeah, I always, I, I really think uh, what you what you said actually puts into play this idea that I think uh, Shinkenger does really well, that I think uh, Kobayashi, the the lady that head wrote not only this season, but a lot of other really famous seasons of Toku, that uh, she likes playing with the general tropes and ideas of what these heroes are supposed to be as we know them in their franchises. And in this case, she's playing with like the idea of of not just the red, but everyone else that's kind of on the team. Because, like, uh, the Green Ranger is typically either, like, the comedy relief or kind of, like, the Green or the Black Ranger, I guess. That's generally the color. Or they're generally, like, almost like the other mentor of the team or something like that, like the older brother archetype or something else. But in this case, the, but in this case, the Green Ranger almost acts like, like how some Blue Rangers do, where they're actually, like, the Lancer, if you will, the, kind of second in command that does question what the red does not because they hate the red or anything but because they have a different viewpoint on stuff while our blue ranger is actually almost a sycophant and stuff like that a sycophant <laughs> who still has his own ideas about stuff but it runs up with his uh his upbringing and just how wacky the dude is essentially you know and then the pink ranger is uh a kind of a kobayashi staple i think where the pink ranger is in some way shape or form the strong one in the group, and in this case, she's clearly like a little older than everybody else, and has and already deals oh, with kids yeah. that are all rambunctious and have their own personalities that are clashing with each other all day, every day, anyway. So this isn't really anything new to her. <laughs> Stuff like that, and I think that makes the series really interesting as it goes on because, despite how straightforward it is, it has kind of this playful energy about itself, as if it knows what you think a Sentai is supposed to look like. And doesn't want to like turn your head, but wants to kind, of, but wants you to kind of like see it from a different angle than you usually see it in any other season. So it's it's like sure the plot's really straightforward, but it's very it's very direct. It tells you what it wants to do, so that when any twist in the formula does come, it hits extra hard. At least that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, no, I can see that. Like already, like you, you expect, right? Like yellow is usually going to be a, a a strong or very durable type character, and then pink is going to be, you know, softer or more traditionally feminine stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, feminine and stuff. And but you kind of have a flip here where the yellow, where the pink is very sort of headstrong, forward about all about the business, and then yellow is not really soft per se, but not not strong in that headstrong, like bullheaded sense. Like she's just sort of fallen into that like she she wants to live up to this ideal but she's she's not really usually your yellow is like re ready to go strong in command you know and tough and this yellow is a little bit more trying to live up to something which is kind of a different angle than what we would expect at least in my experience from a typical yellow or a typical pink yeah there's so many so seasons like of sentai that. it's really impossible to like say every yellow or every pink or whatever but there are tropes in place that you kind of expect going in when you see these things mm-hmm mm -hmm. mm. right mm. uh, uh what do you think pat about these first two episodes at least um i forgot that they had unique weapons and i really <laughs> just wanted to call attention to that because i love i mean yeah that could be i think you said it that 
um, it's something that's sort of set in your mind during Mighty Morphin, um, where you want not each each one to not just have their own color, but like to have their own like style of fighting. Um, mm-hmm. So when they have they start they all start off with their sort of basic sword, but then they can sort of activate like a, a form for it. So uh, what was it? Yeah, red red had the bigger sword, the blue sword, had the bow, yeah. green had the spear. Uh, pink had the fan and yellow had the big throwing star. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it's the called. The land slicer. <laughs> but but the death for it. I believe that's technically called a death for death it. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. Destructo disc. Yeah. Activate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's another interesting point you just mentioned. Blue having a bow. Like, typically a female mm. cast member is given oh, yeah. a bow. Yeah. Uh, that's another sort of mini subversion that we don't often see. Yeah, well, because um, the pink got the fan this time instead of a bow, so that's yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which always a fan of seeing, always a fan of seeing battle fans. <laughs> oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, now that you mention it, I never really thought about it until right now. But in a weird sort of way, Rianosuke has like his own his own version of masculinity that you don't really see in, in these shows a lot, because despite huh. the fact that he is a very flamboyant like kabuki actor and everything who clearly has learned mm-hmm. dramatics his entire life by doing so that means he has his own like sense of like inbuilt sense of like being a man is like being extremely loyal to like your not your convictions and who you're and your authority and who you look mm-hmm. up to and all that mm-hmm. while at the same time who he is traditionally means he's kind of feminine in a way so eat right down mm. to him having mm. a bow, which especially in Sentai is considered like a feminine weapon, and yet mm. right, mm. and that's a pretty common trope in a lot of action media. To, to okay, if you have a, a a female fighter character, give them a bow, and you, they're either a healer or like a ranged fighter, right, yeah. of some kind. Yeah. So that that's a that's a pretty common trope. So yeah, that that, that definitely stands out. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. I think really the entire season, like I said, kind of like does these little things, and really a lot of everything there is set up in just these two episodes, which I continue to say (laughs) is why it kind of makes it, like, some of the best, because you kind of understand where this show is going and where it's coming from right out of the starting gate. It's it's putting all of its cards on the table while still having a couple in the back row like it's a Yu-Gi-Oh game. Uh, You've activated my trap card. (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but uh, ultimately, it wants you to know exactly what you and your kids, because you have to assume parents are probably watching this a lot too, uh, you and your kids know what mm-hmm. they're getting into going in, and that this is going to be a period drama, except the period is the modern day, uh, essentially, because they keep mm-hmm. mentioning it, so mm-hmm. I have to assume that's almost like the wink-wink, nudge-nudge intention, that yeah, this is basically a samurai drama except it's an urban fantasy series and it's power rangers how to and it has all the drama that goes with it there's you know it's like you said there's literal like stuff that happens in these first two episodes like character conflicts that in other shows don't come in until like what the second core like episode 15 and 16 and stuff like that where the team's like oh mm-hmm. no can the team mm-hmm. really hold together First two episodes, like, these people don't even like each other that much up until, like, the very end of the second episode. (laughs) I just think that's all, like, not just interesting, but it's the kind of stuff that makes me interested as, like, a fan and even as, like, an inner child. Interested in stuff like Sentai, where we can, where you can see these team dynamics play out in very interesting ways that don't necessarily have to be 
formula every episode. Right. I think that's something that's really important to understand, especially for, I mean, those of us who are fans of this sort of serialized storytelling that, that, you know, part of the, you know, one of the, I don't know if you'd call it advantage slash drawback, but it's kind of a, a, a symptom of the form. If you're going to reboot every year or every, every series, it's its own fresh start. You're going to end up hitting a lot of the same beats. And in fact, you're going to use some formulas to sort of lay that out. Um, but the formulas are, they're, they're more like rituals, right? Like the formula is the strength that it's, but it's also, and like how you alter that formula. Okay. You know, there are, we expect these 20 tropes to get hit. What if we don't do number five? What if we make 17 happen earlier? What if we completely flip, you know, eight and nine, like the way that they mix up those ingredients and the order in which they serve them or which new things they add in, which things we expect they take out. Like that's all part of. I guess the meta fandom part is as you see more and more being like, Oh, they're going to do it this way or, Oh, they're not going to do that. And instead they're doing this. Like yeah. that's the fun. I think that's what keeps it fresh. And interesting. I mean, that's the entire idea behind stuff like them making uh the six Ranger, like a thing every year. They experimented mm-hmm. with it a couple times with like the black, with like a, the black Knight and X, and X one mask and stuff like that. The right. I forget what they're called, but like the bio warrior, but the like the bio warrior character from Bioman for like that two episode arc and stuff, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they just take the plunge and they mm-hmm. change everything with Zero Ranger and 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 not only give the give us these longer plot arcs that you don't typically see, but because of how popular Jetman was, suddenly it's like oh well, characterization is a big deal right now. What if we add another character that always sh- that shows up just about every episode after a certain point? And spice things up, and then mm-hmm. suddenly the no, then suddenly the formula changes, and things are different. You can expect different things every every right. year and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that's part of what makes all this so fascinating to watch, and how you can watch what is, I guess you could say, oh, it's the same thing over and over again. Like, yeah, but that's part of what makes it dynamic and interesting. I think, you know, so I don't know. I re- I really like what Shin Kendra's uh, putting down. I particularly want to talk about the Zords. So oh, yeah. the Zords have the, are occupying this really interesting space where the little baby forms are very like blocky and rigid. They're just these like poly- polygonal shapes, right? They're all very much like PS1 <laughs> renders that just sort of, you know, that, that it's a sin for them to even be alive. Like I'm just a pentagon with a lion face drawn on it. But then they form when they form the um what's the the actual like combined yeah, form called yeah shinkeno okay so when when that comes out the actual suit doesn't is much more nimble because the the suit actor like the the mecha suit i guess the midsection is more cloth rather than the standard like the whole thing is um i don't know what do they make do they make them out of, like vinyl i don't remember what the material is they make all those out of but it's not as hard and thick of a material and it's much more like a i guess a, a, a cloth or a lycra or something for the midsection so it's much more able to move around and do like sword play stuff and it allows them to do a lot more movements and stuff even um at the very end of the second episode when you know we usually we get when you have an actual like hard physical suit with the suitmation you have some kind of final attack slash the mech is going to turn to the camera and probably do some kind of pose where you know, the arms come up and then they kind of come down and maybe like a, a V shape to the side, right? Because truthfully, the suit can't really do yeah, much the, beyond that because like it's so rigid. Main but here, like the main uh, he, he, the original main uh, Die Ranger mech and whatnot, who could barely move his arms over his head and stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> like th- but this, he's like, you know, runs the fingers along the blade and then takes a more dramatic, you know, one, one palm facing the screen, sort out to the side, like really dynamic pose. It's like, whoa, like that's really, really cool for like a, a physical suit to be able to do. So it's really interesting. I, I love that dynamic. I'm excited to see what they do with the rest of the series. That excited you that. so much you turned to like a 90s kid for a second. Whoa, that's radical. <laughs> you want to know my secret cap? I'm always I knew the it. 90s it all kid. makes sense now. <laughs> oh. Only 90s kids will remember something this radical. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i really really like the zord setup so far i i'm digging it big time i just like how how just dynamic the the sword the sword well yeah the sword fights but like the zord fights are in this uh in this season i think it feels like in some in some things like the uh, zords are almost like the mecha are almost like a not quite an afterthought but the actual fights themselves are like well you know what to expect they form the thing they do the, they do a little do a little bit of wrestling, then they shoot, then they shoot or slash it, and that's it. And it's all just supposed to be as flashing, flashy, cool, and quick as they can do it because of how cumbersome the suits are. But like you said, since this one has uh, a more dynamic uh, design in mind to be able for the uh, suit actor to actually move his waist or whatever, suddenly you have like Zord fights that actually seem like they matter to like not just the plot itself, but like the characterization. Of like uh, how everyone's yeah, yeah. kind of working together to make this dang thing go forward and chambara bara his way through giant mooks and stuff like that. <laughs> right, right. And I don't, and I just think the it's nice that the series doesn't really doesn't particularly let up on that and doesn't feel like it ever lets the actual Zords go by the wayside all the way up all the way up to the end. And uh, sometimes some series do that kind of their advantage where the Zords are still there, but it, but they're mostly like the final secret weapon things that they have to use. Well, all the actual important stuff happens as the Rangers. But I also like it like when sometimes mm-hmm. the Zords are an integral part to just how they always interact with their fi- in their fights with the bad guys and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to see just totally. one that can you know move like I can turn its head and like move its arms properly and stuff like that. It's like seeing a Batman suit that can right. finally turn its head, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, what's that over there? (laughs) Besides the uh, really cool individual weapons, uh, is there anything else that kind of like stood out to you, Pat? Putting you on the hot seat. I'm sorry. The Tekken shot. (laughs) I don't. I'm trying to like not retread. I'm trying to like. I mean, not go over something you guys already said, but basically, like, I don't know. I I guess I really like Chiaki. He. The, our our weed weed blade boy. Listen, he's token it up while um, he's playing Tekken. There's, that's the only explanation <laughs> for anything. Yeah, like I don't know that I I really like that the bad boy, uh, Sentai character. Whenever they show up, just because like they're there for a reason, but they don't want to have to like at least in Shaki's case, he doesn't want to have to bow down to a lord. Like he's just like, yeah, hey, mm. I'm here to help people, or like. Or, I mean, at least you hope that he's there for the right reason. We don't know. We don't necessarily Mm -hmm. know if he's just there because he wants to fight monsters, which is not... I mean, it's effective, but it's also like, hmm, like... But, of course, we don't know. We don't know what his intentions are just yet, but... And now you've said that, I think it actually is cool that, like, it seems like every Shinkanger, even in these first two episodes, has their own very personal reasons for why 
they're doing this outside of their fam- familial obligations. Well, in uh, Mako's case, it pretty Except much is for like, one. <laughs> well, I kind of have to be here, don't I? So I might as well do my job correctly. Yeah. Which is how I feel every time oh, yeah. I go into work. So it's like, all right. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, but then, yeah. like you said, you have Chiaki, who clearly has some kind of, like, deeper feelings about this. Because he's clearly kind of a punk ass, but yet he's obviously a nice dude who cares about these other people. He just hates the idea. He just seems like he hates the idea of, uh, he ha- like he's he hates the idea of there's an authority to all of this when it should just be a bunch of people fighting yes. monsters. It seems mm. like, which is very relatable. Yeah. And now you now I think about it, you don't really get that that kind of character too often in Sentai while also being bolted on to like the yawning slacker kind of kind of an archetype too. It's it, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. he in and of himself is mm. like a pretty pretty interesting character. But I think all the Shinkangers as time goes on kind of all have their own quirks that make them not just a unique, but like, again, play with the archetypes they kind of have been given at the very start of the, uh, very start of the series all the way up to, you know, to Karu, who is the Lord and everything. But yet, obviously he has his own reservations about this entire, this entire everything that they're doing yet. He has to do it or else people die. So what are you going to do? You know? Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. Actually, that just makes me think, like, uh, since we've only watched uh, two episodes, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to hear what you guys kind of think, like, going forward, like, what, like, what kind of, like, the beats or the themes you like to see out of this, or what it kind of feels like is coming out of this, really, already. I know you've seen, seen a, a bit of it, Pat, but, you know. Hmm. I guess. I feel like I'm... Oh, you know what? You know what? I I remember. I remember what I had seen. Um, there's that sort of cool rival mm-hmm. enemy character that shows up. I think I remember, and I I'm uh, mostly interested in going back to it to see to remember see what his deal was because I remember like that guy was like super cool. Like, what do you call that? What do you call that archetype? The, in the uh, Sentai? Blood Knight like, type thing. The, uh, yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. Um, because there was one that was kind of cool and, um, Lupin Ranger, but I feel like the one in this one is particularly awesome. Like, <laughs> like, right? There is yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you remember yeah, completely correctly. I just don't yeah. think. Excellent. Oh, I thought you were asking about Lupat. I was like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. talking to me. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't remember what his deal was, but I would, I guess, whenever we get back to it, I'm excited to see what the story yeah. is, where that one's going. Yeah, it's always nice to have, like, a, um, it's always nice to have recurring, like, villain characters that aren't just there to, like, generally piss around with the rangers and whatnot and leave, but actually have, like, a story of their own and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I, I my assumption is just that, you know, we're gonna see... Like the the different ways that one can serve, or what it means to serve, and how you feel about that. I feel like that's going to be obviously like a big theme. Mm. It seems that way from the first two episodes, at least. Um, how they're either bouncing off or jiving with serving a lord and what that means. Uh, and we definitely get the sense that Red is going to have to run up against the responsibility. Clearly, he he feels a certain type of way about being people's lords. And it's gonna, but he has certain responsibilities that he has to fulfill and expectations. I'm curious to what degree 
it's just going to be like a sort of vague sense of like tradition or is it going to get tied into like stuff with his his dad and everything like that uh, and how much of that pressure is going to be there so um i don't know um I, I it's a different kind of reluctant red i'm certainly i'm certainly interested in that right we usually have either the hot-blooded red right rookie red or we have a red that doesn't really want to be there and doesn't maybe doesn't quite understand like oh like or is sort of scared or nervous but this is interesting in that he's quite a potent powerful red uh but he's not like hot-blooded so that's not his really his achilles heel it's more that he uh very much understands the weight of the position that he has and i guess he seems to truly kind of believe in the responsibilities of that role and it seems like he's struggling with that, with with still having to lead. So that's an interesting. Yeah, you tact don't usually see I, I uh, like it. brooding Red Rangers. It's typically like you know, uh, if if anyone's going to be brooding, it's the main common rider in a season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah. So this yeah, is one of those rare moments where yeah. the uh, the uh, brooding ice queen that or ice king, I guess, that no one really knows what's going on in his head until it's already been hap- until it's already happened. It doesn't sound like a leader character, yet here it I, it really works, especially because everyone kind of has to listen to him because of their vocation and whatnot, which makes his abrasiveness... Mm, right. Uh, it's, it's a little hard to describe, like, in words, but it makes his abrasiveness, like, narratively work even, like, like work into overtime, because usually, ca- sometimes characters are just assholes because they just don't know how to, like, talk to people or what. Or whatever, and then it's like cleared up, or it's just permanently like, well, he's just kind of like that. Don't worry about it. But in this case, since he's the leader and everyone has to listen to him, the red kind of having his own reluctance and being kind of mysterious and everything actually leads to like character consequences already, even in these two episodes, because he kind of forces people to work at his own pace, like right from the get go. Kotaha can't take a second to like breathe. She has to keep up with everyone else, or else everyone else dies. That's just the matter of fact, and he doesn't put it in a nice way, because right. if he did, from his point of view, she probably wouldn't listen. She'd just keep keep on the ground while, you know, awful things are happening in the background. And it's, it's definitely, uh, yeah. it definitely adds to, like, uh, the flavor, and I think, like, even, like you said, the samurai theming, because he's essentially the lone... The uh, cool lone samurai lord, except now he is no longer a lone samurai lord, mm-hmm. and there's really nothing he can do about it. Yeah. Well, fellas, do we have any other uh, things we want to cover before we head into the Twitter questions? Yeah, uh, I think I'm good, too. I can't think of anything else. Okay. Okay. Well, let's jump in here. Uh, so we got a couple. Pretty excited about that. Uh, first one was from El Capavon. They say, uh, what do you think are your respective Sentai colors? Well, that's their first question. How are we feeling? How are we feeling, fellas? I feel like I've answered this before, but I can't remember what the answer was. I want to say, like a the heck is that called? Like a magenta? It's like a red pink. Yeah, exactly. That's the, the one. Thank you. Uh, decade, yeah. the decade color. Yeah, that's right. Honestly, I'd love to see just a whole Sentai made mm-hmm. out of just like slightly off colors, like purple and teal and stuff like that, and magenta. Well. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it. Uh, when we did the um, that session, right? We did the CMYK team. <laughs> so that that was why. That's right. I stuck with the magenta. <laughs> Fantastic, honestly. Just hearing about that makes me makes me happy. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> uh, 
I guess for myself, uh, green probably. I know I'm basic, but I like the color green. And but I do you want to be, be like this, the cool, the cool <laughs> like six Green Ranger, or are you cool with being Doc from Go Kiger, basically? I'm to- I'm totally fine with being normie Green Ranger. I do I actually would not like to be like cool guy six. That's that is that is pressure. a lot of responsibility. I don't really want all that. Mm. Yeah, like it's like I have to be the cool. Like it takes a certain personality, I think, to want to be the cool guy, right? Like JDF style. Like you have to want to be that kind of that kind of a tool. <laughs> Mister Jesus, like, don't uh-huh. talk. JDF was born to be JDF, if you know what I mean. Oh boy. So I I, I don't actually. You want know, when that. you put it like that, I absolutely agree. understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a part of me that's always like, yeah, I'd like to be the sixth ranger. I'd like to be like the guy that comes in, like at least for a little bit. You know, I change things up, and it's all cool, and I'm, like, actually useful to the team and, and all that. But now, but when you say it like that, I'm like, wow, that's really so, that's really conceited. Holy crap. But, uh, I take... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's fine. It's just not for me. Like, I actually think sometimes. it's probably healthy to want to not, be that not, not the JDF you know? levels. But you, get, you do for, get your me, own no. robot, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want you know, the Dragon Zord, you know what I mean? Like, I want a drill-tailed Mecha Godzilla, absolutely. Mm. But I just don't have to be the cool, important guy. I can just be a supporting I feel that. I feel that, Godzilla. like, eating my bones, honestly. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, uh, I guess I was just gonna say, and, spe- and speaking of, like, the colors, I always thought I'd... It, I, I don't know how bad this sounds, but I always did kind of feel like the Red Ranger, especially when I actually had, like, a group of people that typically, like, surrounded me and kind of, like, do look to me do look to me for guidance and sometimes i honestly do relate to like the red rangers like that because they always have even when they're not the leader of the team there's always some kind of like weight on their shoulders about everything and Mm. yeah Mm. well somebody has to do it so uh, that's just that's fine and i don't mind (laughs) as long as i know these people are here for me i will bear the i will bear whatever responsibilities Mm. i have knowing that these people got my back you know sure okay uh so they also asked uh you are now a transforming hero do you let all your friends know how cool you are or will you keep it a secret Ooh. i guess it depends on the season <laughs> am i right? in a comedy series am i in a comedy series what's <laughs> happening is it a... yeah is if it's a comedy series everybody's gonna know if it's a serious series uh, i probably wouldn't keep it secret I mean, like, as secret as you could be, you know, it's pretty hard to keep things like a transforming hero's identity secret in the the world we live in now. Like, you know. I I guess it depends. This is going to be cell phone footage, (laughs) vertical cell phone footage. It's blurry. It looks like a cricket shot, but you can kind of make out what's happening. Oh, yeah. (laughs) People start shouting world star as soon as you're transforming. Uh (laughs) I guess it depends, like, okay, for example... Hmm. Like, we're hanging out. I know I'm a ranger. If I turn around and... See, like, if I count the other people on the team and there's not five yet, like, I might want to tell my friends in the hopes that they get the hookup too and can be superheroes with me. Hmm, hmm. Like, that seems kind of cool. Like, hey, I see you're wearing a, bl- a primary colored shirt today. Come hang out with me later. I, th- I think something might go your way. Like That would be <laughs> but... that'd be a pretty fun, like, beat in, like, a... In let's say like an original toku thing where you think like you don't know who your team is yet but you see somebody that could be because they're wearing a primary color so you're like hmm, you know i do this maybe they're on the team but it, it's like a juke and it's somebody else that was there but not that person like right 
Somebody who's like, ah, they're wearing plaid. That's not going to be them. But then, like, under the plaid shirt was a, like the other, a primary like the other shirt all like, along. Oh, he's like a horseback rider. He's a perfect <laughs> athlete. He gets straight A's. He'd be perfect for the team. I'm so lucky. Hey, um, hey, my name's Jeff. I got this thing in the mail the other day. Ah, crap. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, it turns Jeff out he's an A-plus <laughs> ranger. You just wouldn't think of it looking at him. He's like, a, you know, he's like, you know, uh, the yellow from Jetman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think... I think uh, I'm kind of with Pat here that it would kind of depend on the circumstances, honestly. But I sort of feel like I would have an inner circle of people that I would tell just so I would always have someone to be like, yeah, I gotta, yeah, I have to go and like uh, super punch a monster in the face so he doesn't destroy downtown. Can you cover for me? Uh, you know, instead of making it a big, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't tell anyone because. They might get hurt in the process. I'm like, there, there's monsters attacking the city every Saturday, 8 a.m. sharp. I think I should let a couple people know what's up, but people I <laughs> genuinely trust and don't think they're going to screw me on this. And even if they do, it's probably for a good reason, but still. Uh, just just to have more support, because uh, the whole, you know, lonely hero battling evil thing, I would only do that if it's like literally, yeah, yeah, you're up against Shocker, and they're literally basically the Japanese government. What are you going to do? Oh, well, I guess I'm not telling anyone about this. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I I pretty much be like, eh, like two people, two or three people. That's about it. Makes sense. So, one last one here. This is specifically for Adam. Uh, Grant is a thief who likes to lick blades, and Pat is a fiend who enjoys capsules. What? Does neo humanoid enjoy? Uh, <laughs> what are you a fiend for? I, I, I am. Uh, he, uh, Pat also has a comic fiend taken, so god dang it. Uh, clearly, I am a uh, humanoid who, evo- who enjoys evolving to the next stage of things. Uh, I guess if I ha- I guess if I had to pick, especially going by the name neo humanoid, I like the idea of just uh, moving things forward a little bit, and in this and in this case, just uh telling people to like what telling people uh to like what they like and to enjoy this great little genre we have of uh Japanese children's entertainment and also you know what to go out there and make and uh make your own I'm the neo humanoid that's telling you to make your own fan fiction go for it <laughs> yeah rise up Message for the people. Right Our buddy Winston asks, why is the opening among the best openings? So, I think there's like scientific charts and whatnot that can prove this. Like there's bars and graphs <laughs> we can find. I, I think it's the <laughs> the uh, quantity and quality of the chanbara bara chanbara. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's off the chanbarometer. Those, uh, mm. those <laughs> lyrics are as sharp as the blades that uh, the Shinkanger Ooh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Some cutting wit oh, on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're a real cut up, my guy. Keen insight. No. I'm a sheath of what I've done. Don't, uh... <laughs> I'm trying to retain all my laughter. Oh my god. Oh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I think it's it's definitely the Chanbaras. They're they're just perfect like i think the great thing about it is the chimbaras are not just during the hook so you can kind of always sing along with the song even if you can't sing along with the song sure. like if there's there's a there's a harmony you know you're just like you can just always be doing that and you're you're fine <laughs> uh let's see our buddy david bednar of course has a bevy of questions for us 
Did you ever have those little letters that transformed into robots? They sold them at the Time Museum in the basement of the Clock Tower Inn in Rockford, Illinois. Would you believe Jay made for a really lame robot? That place is going to be a hard rock cafe casino now. Can't go home again. What, what, I, I, I appreciate that he's giving us like his inner, like his deep, deep inner thoughts. This is like yeah. this is like looking into someone's diary. I almost feel dirty for doing it. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Slipped a page in that tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Got kind of real there. And he says, uh, anyway, what letter would you choose for a Zord? Oh. M. M? M? M. I think M is M is really cool. Justify your choice, sir. <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> uh, M is a good letter. How do I explain? I just think the letter M is really cool. I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's wonderfully symmetric. It's sharp. It is the first letter in the word mega. I was thinking Machine Man this entire mm. time. Mega, ma- me- Mega Man. Mm. Man. Mega Mind. Yeah. Mm. Mega Zord. Mega Power. More phenomenal. <laughs> I can. <laughs> there was a lot of jelly donut talk while we were watching. The, we the also did mention tonight. Power Ranger um, Samurai a couple times, disparaging, disparagingly, uh, yeah, as it should. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what letter what letter hmm go with your gut so or okay so i'm trying to remember what the actual yeah yeah okay i wanted to be sure all right so this is a throwback to my time studying russian in college but <laughs> i always liked the letter uh which is for the sound, which, uh, like, if you're saying the word treasure, like the way the S, what? that kind of, like, low S-Z sound. You have to show us what uh, that looks, looks like. How do we even look that up? Uh, sure. The Z in Cyrillic, it kind of looks like, I guess, kind of like an asterisk, kind of? But it's also kind of like, okay, I'm going to make a really cursed reference. Okay. So, uh, concerning the song uh, W.A.P., which is popular right <laughs> uh-huh. now, the way... <laughs> The way uh, Cardi and Meg are standing back to back, if two letter K's were standing with like back to back, kind of like that, it sort of has the same energy. Oh, uh, you just, <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect you to do it. You, you had, you brought yeah. it back. You had to, you had to do it. I, I brought it around. Incredible. Uh, so that's kind of how Je looks, uh, or like an eye that's growing tentacles both sides. But um, wow, it's a really cool letter, and I just find it really appealing, and I like. I always liked making the noise. Like it's just fun to. It's just really fun to I say. I didn't know we could pick um, freaking. All right, fine, fine. Yeah, I'm breaking the rules, man. Yeah, in that I'm case, I'm the picking the, I'm picking breaking the, the law. character like Fies. Yeah, screw, <laughs> screw our alphabet. Come on. Dang. Oh. <laughs> all right, fine. Pass over here, like oh, I got left with English letters again. Oh, like later, nerd. <laughs> Some guy flying away on an Omega symbol. Later, off nerds. With... <laughs> <laughs> nice letter O, dork. Did your mom get that for you? Actually, the M would have been perfect in that uh, example. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I missed my chance. Mm. I don't deserve I the letters. I didn't want to go too hard. <laughs> Hanging it up. Adam, what's your, oh, yeah, what's your uh, preferred if, letter? If I'm, al- if I'm allowed it, yeah, it's definitely worldwide. Do whatever you want, apparently. <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're playing Calvin Ball here on the podcast. I'm making up the rules as we oh, it's go. It's like whose line, but with Toku. <laughs> that, that, you know what? I, I appreciate that. 
But uh, <laughs> if I was picking like an actual real letter from the like the real letter, as if those aren't real, an actual a real English letter. letter from this damnable <laughs> language. Oh, okay. But uh, honestly, I kind of always like the like the letter A because I feel like you can unfold it into some cool things. Hmm. Also, hmm. it kind of has built-in legs like that, you know. <laughs> Letter A for days. days. It's like Patrick at the end of the SpongeBob <laughs> yeah. movie, you know. Oh boy. I'm definitely a fan of the weird lowercase a, like not the one that's just like a circle with a line down the back, but the one that, that has that kind of like quail-like woodly bop on the top. I'm yeah, not like, like the, a linguist. I don't know what you call it, old, but like, like the, the Ultraman like... Max horn kind of going on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I don't. I don't understand why that's so appealing. But like the the uppercase letter A is very, very business like, very functional. Three straight <laughs> lines. Nothing to see here. Move along. And then that one's kind of like. That's the, like, uh, that's the cousin know. everyone just wants to ignore, but they know he's gonna be rich someday. <laughs> he's gonna invent. He's gonna be. He's like a carrot top character. He's gonna invent some dumb crap, and it's gonna make him millions. <laughs> Lowercase a is just like carrot top. We heard it here, folks. We cracked. What have we done? (gasps) (sighs) Uh, Let's see. What else does David ask? Um, What's the coolest medieval Japanese weapon? Oh, uh, I can answer that. I'm going to answer that immediately. Hmm. You know, like in all those uh, like ninja and like samurai movies that like a hook and flail that they kind of have that's attached by a chain. Kunai with chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kunai with chain. With chain. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying. Great. I know they. Uh, it's actually was it Kusari Kusari Goma? Is that what it is? If that's the that's probably the actual name for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm I'm googling it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are hmm. cool. <laughs> that's a Ninja Turtle weapon. Is all I'm saying. For very very. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, this is tough. I'm torn between the Tonfas. Or uh, the Tetsubo, like that ogre club. Oh, thing. with the little spikes all around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes it's spikes, but sometimes it's just like studs, studs. Like, like the studs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's now I can never remember what's the like. Isn't a Tetsubo and a like the Kanabo? Aren't those like really or Kanabo? Yeah. Aren't those like really similar looking? I don't know. Or maybe they're just, I don't know. I don't know enough, I you guess. Know what? I also was going to say the big club with the studs on it. That thing is cool, but I couldn't remember. Is that a Tetsubo or is that the Kanabo? I can't remember. Uh, and maybe those are the same thing. I don't know. Just, I'm not sure what the difference is just from Google Images right now. But yes, strong choices. But I picked that one, so you can't have yeah. it. What are you going to pick? No, I'm, just kidding. I'm, just kidding. Oh, oh, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. man. You oh, can no. have the sweating. Uh, I'll take the no, 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 no. I already, I, I forced you to use English earlier, so you can have the Kanabo. <laughs> that was just my prejudice. What's the big horse killing sword? Is the the Odachi or Nodachi? Oh, yeah. What's the Naganata? Something like that. Isn't that the huge one they used to like? Yeah, maybe it's Naganata. The one, the ones <laughs> that. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Oh, we're allowed uh, to use Google. All right, I see how it is. <laughs> I mean, that's oh. what I was doing. Look, I, I, we joke about being, I joke about being a weeb, but I, I do forget that's a funny. lot of this stuff. I think, um, yeah, Odachi is, yeah, like the big, like two-handed sword. So just big sword. You can't, can't go wrong with just having a giant sword if I can't have the stud club. So, so you're a long blade <laughs> user. Long sword, darn it. Long sword. Hmm. So yeah, I'm definitely down with that. Especially the ones that are like super, like super, super curved. Oh yeah! Like some of these have like a huge bow to them, and it's like yes, a man of cul- yes. a man of taste and Love culture. It. I see. 
All right, uh, let's see. David also asked, what is the most threatening substance for a river to be made of? I don't want to say river of blood, because clearly that's not true. Oh, oh god. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Uh, a, a, a river of all those, like, uh, pages from, like, H-manga and whatnot that are, like, the, uh, the uh, Hago faces. Yeah. No! Oh my god. Not the Hago River. Oh. No. Wow. <laughs> not the Hago River. Oh. I don't want to correct you because you're not saying it right, but I don't want to say it out loud, so just... Say well, it right, then Pat, correct me. Correct me. <laughs> wow. That's, that, that is, the, the question was the worst river? The worst yeah, river. I mean, I think, worst substance, I think you got The it. worst substance for a I river to be made think of. think you got it. Well, I... I I won't know if we have it until you pronounce no, it right. No, no, I was already I I misunderstood the question, so I was thinking of like cool rivers. And I was thinking like a soda river would be really cool. <laughs> You're so precious. I was thinking of a nice river, like a river of hugs, and then we're over here like the Aga River, the dirty God. weed river, <laughs> the dirty weed. <laughs> <laughs> This is the worst thing. I think this is the worst the thing. The Dirty Weaver. This is the worst Welcome thing. Welcome to Dirty Weaver River. Oh, it just it just smells <laughs> like a convention. It just smells like a sweaty gym bag oh. left in a trunk on a 110 degree day. You can just, <sighs> like, birds die if they fly too close to it. Like, the riverside is just littered with bird corpses. Now, that's what the first ones are trying to do. Holy crap, we gotta stop them now. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh. oh, dirty weaver river! I know, oh. I know, I, I know the torment that awaits me when I die. That's you don't go the, you don't get to go down the river sticks. You go to um, the dirty weaver river. I'm sorry, for man. my, my, even the grim reaper's like, you got to go alone, man. I'm not taking you to the, anywhere near that river. I'm, I can't go to dirty weaver river. Um, uh, there's some places even death oh. will not tread. <laughs> Where even death may not. Strange aeons. Ugh, like Cthulhu was like, I ain't touching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. Oh boy. <laughs> and then finally, uh, would Shinkinger be improved with the presence of? That Vulcan is a skull? loaded, extremely loaded question. Ah, <laughs> uh, like a Japanese Vulcan skull or like straight up Vulcan skull? Because I feel like I'm I'm kind of picturing Vulcan skull, maybe like like from like maybe around Zio, so we're like nineteen and twenty and whatnot or something like that. They're, and they are speaking yeah, perfect, they, they don't speak a lick of Japanese, but they are just there, and they are, they are two of the little, yeah. like, the little, uh, <laughs> Koro guys, the little Kabuki shadow men that are helping them change and everything, and just every now and yeah, then we yeah, just yeah. get to see them screw up horrifically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Honestly, they don't even really have to say anything. I just have to hear that tuba music. That <laughs> like, as soon as that rips in and they just walk into frame, they can just walk right back out. And, like, I think that actually is peak Vulcan skull content. And just, like, particularly skull chewing on the gum and laughing while Bulk's, like, looking around with that mischievous look. Like, they don't even have to do anything. Just tubas. They show up looking like they're ready for mischief. And they leave. God. I actually think that would be perfect. That's That is probably... The peak Power Rangers contribution to live action special effects <laughs> superhero. I wonder if that's a, if we're allowed that. to give this answer, or if he's like thinking, "Do 
doesn't have to be like in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers where they have like whole scenes to themselves that add nothing to the episode. You know what, though? I have to say, as much time as they just clearly did not know what to do with these caricatures of random bullies or whatever, very 90s perceptions of bullies, I do think it's kind of poetic that, uh, what what's Bulk's actor's name? Paul, Paul Schreer? Is that his name? Uh, that he got yeah, to be a canon Forces. ranger through Hyperforce. Oh, oh, yeah. Especially because, like, because that was, like, one of, that, that was Bulk and Skull's yeah. motivation for a while, was, like, wanting to be rangers too. Mm. Like, I think that's kind of special and sweet, actually. So, I think just that alone kind of redeemed those characters for me kind of forever. Like, that just, I don't know. There's yeah, something and, poetic and about it, I Power think. Power Rangers, one moment, you know, one, like, genuinely really good moments of, like, dramatic storytelling where it kind of felt like a Sentai show, for, like an actual, like, budgeted Sentai show for a second. You know, like the end of In Space and stuff like that. You're like, oh, yeah, these are actual, like, characters that can actually like do things and the tuba music doesn't have to be their whole thing yeah yeah <laughs> right god in space was really yeah uh, the tuba music isn't really really though, good I will admit. yes yeah <laughs> Just, i feel something Honestly. i'm really good at that i feel something thank you <laughs> i don't have many talents but being pretty good at the Balkan Skull tuba music is on my resume. So, and also lick, licking blades and being uh, a thief. <laughs> that was all the questions we had. Thank you, everybody, for sending them in. Um, Adam, thanks so much for coming on and uh, watching some Shinkinger with us. Uh, to tell the people where they can find you. Plug all the stuff. Uh, thank you for inviting me to actually watch these two episodes of one of my favorite shows ever. Pretty much, uh, and I'm glad you both enjoyed it. And I'm glad maybe you're looking forward to experiencing more of it and i think everyone else should in their preferred form with the preferred subs oh my gosh. and you can find me at neo underscore humanoid at twitter.com probably other places but that's basically where uh, all my stuff's mm. gonna be from mm. now on well, awesome How yeah thanks for, thanks okay. for being on uh everybody thanks for Ooh, thanks for listening pressure we'll pressure see you guys uh wait i shouldn't say it that way hang on you got you gotta do your thing man you gotta you gotta um, take come on you take can do us it. out pull it up <clears throat> you got it, my guy. Thanks for tuning in to the Super Senpai Podcast. We'll notice you again next time. Super, Super Senpai, Senpai Podcast. Podcast.